More than 20 years ago, two political scholars argued that the Democratic Party's coalition would control politics, and for a little while it looked like they might be right. A left-of-center party with a diverse base elected the first black president in 2008 and won control of the House mm. and Senate. But then the election of President Donald Trump upended some of those early 2000s theories. So the question is, what changed? What went wrong for Democrats with those predictions. One of the, the experts and co-author of a new book, Where Have All the Democrats Gone, is here. Rui Teixeira joins me now. Thank you so much for coming in. So you point to two factions in the mm -hmm. Democratic Party, uh, what you call the shadow party of activists, mm -hmm. and then Silicon Valley and, Wall and the Wall Street types. Can you explain these two factions and how you think that they are actually problems for the Democratic Party? Sure, I mean, and the way I think about it, Dana, is uh, the Democratic Party in the broad sweep of the last 50 years has said a kind of long goodbye to the working class. Mm. Uh, there was a great divide that opened up economically and culturally between the working class and the college educated in the last part of the 20th century. Like we saw the white working class move away from the Democrats in a big way. And then in the 21st century, we saw increased movement of the white working class away from the Democrats and a sort of cultural identification of the Democrats of, of, with basically the sort of college-educated, liberalish, in, in many ways almost radical views on race, gender, crime, immigration, and so on. And so the result of this is a movement of the working class en masse away from the Democrats. Now in 2016, Democrats thought, well, okay, the white working class bailed out on us. But why did they do that? Because Trump is a racist and a xenophobe. We can't reach these voters anyway. Who cares, basically? But then the thing that happened, of course, they lost the presidency. But then in 2020, we see non-white, particularly Hispanic working class voters moving away from the Democrats. Well, we still see that today in all the polling. So in fact, if you really just count the noses of who supports who in this country, Republicans are now the party of the working class. They get more working class votes than the Democrats do. And if you look at it, sort of any given poll, the Democrats will be up by like 10 or 15 points among college educated vote voters and down by 15 or 20 points among working class voters. So that, that's a huge change and it represents a party that's more dominated by these college educated voters, elites, Silicon Valley, Wall Street, Hollywood. I mean, there's a whole identification of the Democratic Party with uh, a group of institutions, activists, foundations, academia, you name it, that all push the Democrats in a direction that's away from the priorities and the culture of working class voters, and that now shows in, in the polls. You also write about immigration. Correct. Uh, you and uh, your colleague John Judas wrote in the Wall Street Journal last month, Republicans would eventually make opposition to illegal immigration their signature issue. Democrats went into, excuse me, went in the opposite direction, supported surprisingly by labor unions. The AFL-CIO's abandonment of employer verification and sanctions undercut any attempt by the Democratic Party to stop illegal immigration. And soon, mm -hmm. Democratic activists became unwilling to even debate the issue. That's right. I mean, most Democrats don't know this anymore. If they knew it, they've forgotten it. The Democrats were once a party that stood for controlling immigration. The Jordan Commission in the 80s basically was uh, oriented toward trying to damp down the level of, of immigration, of having an E-Verify system so employers couldn't employ illegal immigrants. And there was a sense that, you know, high levels of immigration basically uh, constrict and, and constrain the low-wage labor market and undercut unionization. But that really disappeared in the late 90s, and now in the 21st century, we see Democrats identified with 
not exactly open borders, but pretty porous borders and a sort of lack of concern, as it were, with border yes. security. And we see this during Biden's camp, uh, Biden, Biden administration campaign. And we also see it, and this is very important, I think, politically right now, the, the Republicans and the Democrats are trying to cut a deal on tightening up border yes. security versus Israel and Ukraine funding. They've had incredible amount of difficulty doing this to Democrats because there's a big faction of the party that does not want to compromise in any way on border security because they feel border security is like well, kind of like racism. Yeah. So well, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, it's I, the other issue, as you know, is that it's not just border security. They're trying to significantly overhaul some of the key asylum laws. And right. So well, on, that's but, how you can tighten it up. Yeah. Because by, by, the asylum system is huge but, in terms of the immigration problem. I, I just want to show our viewers some uh, some data. Okay. Of what voters, uh, how voters went starting from 1992 to 2020. And the voters we're talking about here are the ones that you write about, non-college educated white voters. Mm -hmm. If you look at the data, 92, uh, Bill Clinton, 39%. Mm -hmm. yeah, makes your point that it was already a majority for Republicans. Um, it hasn't changed that much. Uh, probably the, the low mark was in 2016 when Hillary Clinton was running against Donald Trump and it went up slightly in 2020. So it hasn't, when you look at the coalition mm -hmm. uh, in and around Barack Obama, it hasn't changed that dramatically since then. Well, one thing to note it's about- kind of around the, the margins. Right. One thing to notice about the, uh, the Clinton vote is he actually carried the white working class vote because there were so many votes for Perot. Mm. So he actually carried the working class, Bill Clinton, white working, Bill Clinton mm. in the white working class vote in 92 and 96 by a, by a point or two. Mm. So in a way, one way to think about what's happened is that heavily working class Perot vote on the presidential level, which was you know, for a third party candidate, moved over, over time into the Republican camp en masse. And that's not just at the presidential level, but also for a lot of uh, congressional seats and, and particularly a lot of Senate seats where the Democrats but, are no longer competitive in a lot of these states. So that's a lot about what happened to the Democratic coalition between the 90s and today. And again, as I'm, I'm pointing out, in 2020 and, and now we see this movement of the non-white working class away from the Democrats yeah. as well. So you, you do see this coalition shifting again where Republicans are more a working class party right. than the Democrats. And that's such a change from the historic image and practice of the yep. Democratic Party. And it's it defines not, our politics today, I think. Definitely not FDR's Democratic Party. Anymore. No, so it's not, not, we, not his party anymore. Your father's Democratic yeah. Party is different. We, uh, the question is, how competitive is it? Can the Democrats get to where they want to go we, with this COVID? We got we to gotta end the show now. We appreciate you coming. Come back and we'll talk about what you think the solutions are for the Democratic Party. I would love party. to.